Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Welcome to Session 3 of Remember and Do Not Forget. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. In session one, we wanted to remember what God has already done and who he is. In our second session last time, we looked at responding well and as we looked at how Jesus responded to temptation now we are back in the old testament again with zakar again remember god's expectations yes the almighty of the universe has expectations as should not be surprising to any of us again he is the sovereign the almighty of the universe he has called us to be his people he has chosen us to be his. And what has he asked us to do? To multiply and fill the earth with what? His image. To be good image bearers. That's what he's called us to do for the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. We are to live worthy of children of the almighty king of the universe. But how? Right? How? That truly becomes the question. 
And what we find is this loving, benevolent, faithful, good, trustworthy God tells us how. He doesn't expect for us to just figure it out, to just wrestle it through. He actually lays out what it would look like to live for him. So in our first session, I told you that before we got to the second law in Deuteronomy, we had to contextualize it a little bit, but I left something really important out that I want to make sure we get in here. And that is after Moses led God's people out of Egypt and toward the whole, the promised land, right? When they were going out, what did they do? Having seen the plagues, having seen and walked through the parting of the Red Sea, having been provided with manna, having been given water from a rock. When it came time to send the 12 spies in to spy out and see if indeed the land was a land flowing with milk and honey, as God had said that it was, the 10, the 12 spies came back and two were good and 10 were bad, right? Children's song, right? 10 gave a bad report. They said, yes, indeed, it is exactly what God said it was. But, but, yeah, 10 of them came back and said, wow, it's what God said it was. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, meaning that it was an abundant land. It was a land where they could plant. It was a land where their herds could find good pasture. It was a land of abundance. It was exactly what God said it was going to be. But you know, there, there are other people there and their cities are fortified and their, their walls are high. And I, do you see it? See those 10 that came back, having seen, took their eyes off focus of him alone, who was worthy of our focus. See, they allowed themselves to be distracted by the stuff And they took their eyes off Almighty God. They forgot who he was and what he had done. Moms, remember and do not forget. Remember and do not forget. That's why this is so important. If we had given these 10 men who were chosen as some 10 of the 12 to go into the promised land to spy it out. And this was not really to go in and see if it was really what God, this was supposed to be a mission of affirmation. They were supposed to go in and go, it's 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 exactly what God said it is. That, that was a point. Was God was giving them a chance to see what he'd already said. He'd already said that this is what it was. And they were chosen to go in and see and to come back and go, yes, 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 yes. But instead they came back and they go, well, oh, yeah. But, and they doubted. Look, this issue of doubt is another one of those threads woven throughout the biblical narrative. And it's a serious one. This doubt is a serious thing. Their doubt led them not only to give a bad report, but to incite rebellion among the rest of the people. And the ensuing result was that that entire generation, everyone over the age of 20, I believe it was 20 or 21, died in the desert. They did not go in to the land flowing with milk and honey. And why did they not go in? Because they grumbled and complained. And why did they grumble and complain? Because they doubted. And why did they doubt? Because they got their eyes 
out of focus and onto the issues of this world instead of the eternal God we can be in that same danger, you and I. We can fall prey to the same thing if we don't keep our eyes on God. So I just want to say that in the book of Exodus, God had already given these 10 commandments that we're going to talk about now to that first generation, right? But that first generation failed. They fell in the desert, because of their doubt. And actually the book of Deuteronomy is such a beautiful book. It's probably a book that is not read very often, but it's one of my most favorite books. And what it is, is it's this sermon series of Moses. So this is the aged moment, Moses, his life, 40, 40, 40. I mean, literally 40 years in the palace, 40 years in the wilderness, now 40 years leading God's people. So we've got Moses over here in this last 40 and probably at the end of that last 40, like, 119 or 120, right? <clears throat> and he is giving this heartfelt plea. If you read the book of De- Deuteronomy, you can just hear Moses is begging this second generation. See, that whole generation fell and was buried in the desert. They were doomed for 40 years to wander in the desert to pay for the 40 years that the doubt- doubtful spies had been in the land. And so they're dead. They're buried. And so up has grown The oldest of this new generation is 60, right? And so there's this whole new generation. They didn't walk through the Red Sea. They may not remember it if they did, right? They may not even remember manna. But during the last 40 years, while their parents and grandparents and their grandparents are dying and they're burying them, whole new generation's coming up. And this is the generation that Moses is talking to in the book of Deuteronomy. It's a sermon series. Some scholars say it's eight sermons. Some say five, some say as few as three. What really I want to get at, it's not settling that controversy. I want you to hear the heart of Moses. This whole new generation is in front of him. You have to know that some of his friends fell in the desert. That's a lot of graves to dig over 40 years. And he's standing before a whole new generation, him and Joshua and Caleb, the two of the 12 that were faithful, who did not doubt, who believed in God. It's the three of them. They're the oldest three. And now before they can go in, Moses is pleading to this generation. Remember, and do not forget. Remember, don't forget. You got, you got to remember. And over and over, I believe with tears dripping down into his gray beard, he is just pleading with this generation because he saw the price that their parents paid and their grandparents paid. And he's pleading with them Don't forget, the book of Deuteronomy actually means second law. It's the second time Moses has given this to the people. The first time he gave it to the first generation, those that crossed through the Red Sea, right? Those that um, had manna in the wilderness, those that had water from a rock. This is not that generation. This is a second generation. And so he's trying to communicate to them with just all of his heart and all of his longing that they would do nothing less than obey God. And so in Deuteronomy chapter five is where our, our narrative picks up. Once again, I cannot possibly go into all the depth here, but I'm going to hope that I'm going to draw you deep enough in that you're going to want to sit and stay. So I'm going to touch on some high points here in the rest of our time together, but there is so much more here. So let us just look for a few minutes at the 10 commandments. 
now there's 10 of them and there's a there's three different ways to look at it and i'm going to go over all three ways i think they're all three valid this is not an exclusive list of ways to look at the 10 commandments but i think all of these three ways that i'm going to show you have really poignant um uh ideas that we can carry as we want to study the Old Testament and specifically the Ten Commandments. And I do want to say that the Ten Commandments are still irrelevant to us today. A lot of people say, well, that was the Old Testament. It doesn't matter. But I would remind you that Jesus said, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So these Ten Commandments really do matter. And this is the way that we're called to live. And that is a powerful truth. So let's look at what these have to say and how can we live according to these 10 commandments. Number one, no other gods before me, none, zero, zip, zilch. This was probably the number one concern that Moses had about the people was that they were going to go into this land where there were people who had other gods, little g, other gods. And God said, nope, no other gods before me. I'm it. I alone am God. Worship me alone. Number two, Make for yourselves no carved, carved images. In other words, no idols. You don't carve something or make something or mold something with your hands and then bow down and worship it. God said, no, no. But you got to understand the temptation here. <clears throat> Let's at least understand the temptation. The temptation with an image is it's something you can see. See, you and I are called to worship something, God, that we can't see. We can see his handiwork. I'm standing here and I can see the beautiful trees outside. Still got hummingbirds buzzing around in my back porch. I'm raising monarch caterpillars out there. I can see the handiwork of God, but I can't see God. And that's why it's so easy to <clears throat> lead into an idol because it's something you can see. It's something you can touch. It's something you can get your hands around, but we are not to bow down to anything but God. Number three, do not take the name of the Lord God in vain. Now, most generally, people interpret this to be, and I don't think this is a bad generalization, that we are not to use the name of God, Father, Son, or Holy Spirit, in a vulgar or a vain way, meaning taking it and using it as a, a, slam, a slang word or a curse word. We're not to do that. Certainly, we're not to do that. But I think there's actually a deeper meaning here. And that is, as God's chosen people, as one of his, you and I are daughters of the King of Kings. We have taken on his name. As Christians, we've taken on his name. We've identified with him. And I think a deeper meaning to the third commandment is we ought not take that name in vain. In other words, we ought not take the name of Christ on lightly. We need to take it seriously. And we need to live that out accordingly. In the New Testament, we hear the phraseology, live a life worthy. I think that's exactly what is bound up here in commandment number three. We're to live worthy of that to which we have been called, to the name which we bear as image bearers and as his chosen people, as Christians, as Christ followers. We're not to take that lightly. We're to be sober as the New Testament apostles admonish us to be. Number four, keep the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. This is central, I believe, to all 10, right? Remember 
the Sabbath and keep it holy. So there are two verbs in this one commandment. And one of the two verbs is our key word for our time together. Zakar. Zakar. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So in other words, don't forget Sabbath. Don't forget that I have set aside a time, a day, once a week for you to literally intentionally rest in me, to set aside the things of the world and to really lean in. I think one of the keys to Sabbath is acknowledging our limitations. We can't go 24-7. We weren't intended to go 24-7. We can't get it all done. And I'm just going to confess to you right here, right now. I know what it's like to hit a wall trying to get it all done. There was a time in my life when I would have heard someone say, you can't get it all done. And I would have thought, that's just too bad. She can't get it all done. Just watch me. Nothing short of a lot of arrogance there. See, we're not God. And we can't get it all done. And once a week, if we set aside that to-do list in a very literal, tangible acknowledgement that we can't get it all done, it is an honor and a glory to him for us to rest in him. Remember, the God that we serve neither slumbers nor sleeps. He is without limit. We have limits. And keeping a Sabbath reminds us of that. And it reminds us is his sovereignty. It's a day where we rest in him. Literally, we recharge, we revive, we refresh in him on Sabbath day. He's giving us this. It's a, it's a gift, right? And we keep it holy. What do we mean by keeping it holy? We set it aside. It's a special day. It's not like any other day. In other words, we don't function on our day of Sabbath rest the way we do the rest of the week. And what does that look like? There's a variety of ways that that could look like. Setting aside devices and screens, turning off televisions, making sure we're out in creation, right? There's a a variety of different ways, but I would encourage you, admonish you, challenge you, find a way to regularly keep and remember Sabbath. Set aside, step away and lean in and rest in him who is without limit. So those first four are all about what? Our relationship with God. And they're first in keeping with Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first. The first four are about God. Now we're going to look at the next six, the second half down here. Number five, honor your father and your mother. We um, taught this verse to our kids when they were much younger. And I remember one of my sons would say, honor your mother and your father. And he just, he couldn't say it any other way. And it still makes me smile to hear this one. What does it mean to honor them? This means that we respect them, right? And we treat them with honor. We're encouraging. We help them as we can. For little children, it means something different than it does for adult children, right? I'm in a different phase now. My parents are getting older and that their relationship is needing to change so that honor is looking different. When little kids, little kids, this means definitively obedience, right? But in both cases, it means respect. Honor your father and your mother. Notice that's right after the issues of the relationship with God. That's not accidental that it's right after that. Next, thou shalt not murder. Clearly, we are to honor life. God is the author of life. He gives. He gives and he numbers our days. We are to respect and celebrate life. 
Number seven, do not commit adultery. This means that as we enter into covenantal relationships with our spouses, we are to remain faithful. As God has entered into a covenantal relationship with us and he is faithful, we need to follow his example of faithfulness and be faithful to our marriage covenant. That relationship that you have with your husband is such a fundamental example of faithfulness and love and sacrifice and all of those things to your children. That's why it is so important that we build into our marriages. That's what it looks like to honor God in our marriages is being faithful. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. At the core of number eight is the issue of trusting God, trusting God for what we need. He is able to provide all that we need over and abundant. He is the God of abundance and he knows our need even before we express them to him. Thou shalt not steal. Number nine, do not bear false witness. In other words, don't lie. Don't step out and say something that's not true. Just tell the truth. Now, the problem with this one is often we can justify not telling the truth because it will hurt someone's feelings if we tell the truth. And I would suggest to you that we are still called to tell the truth. We can still do it gently and with grace. We don't need to hurt people when we tell them the truth. But the truth always hurts less than a lie. And we are called to be truth sayers. Remember, the father of lies is the enemy of our souls. The devil is the father of lies. And we don't want to be associated with him. So we must be people who speak truth. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Number 10. Do not covet. This, at the core of this, is all about inner contentment. We are to be contented, to guard our heart against the desires of this world. All of these things that shout at us, all the marketing that says you deserve a break, you deserve this, you deserve this, you should indulge in this. No, we are to find our contentment in God alone and not be chasing after the things of this world. So I told you I was going to tell you three different ways to look at the Ten Commandments. I want to look at that right now briefly. These are God's expectations. And there's an overarching theme here. And it's found in Leviticus 19 too. What's the overarching theme of all of the Ten Commandments? Be holy. Be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Be holy. 
But what does that mean, right? What does it mean to be holy? God says, I am holy. What do we know to be true about God? Centrally true about God, that he is completely other. He is unlike anything else. He is completely other. And what he's asking us to do is to live lives differently than everyone else does. To dare to be different because we're his. Because we're his. Because we have a different standard. Because we serve him. Because he chose us. He's asking us, will you participate in what I'm doing to change the world? Would you bear my image well by living differently, by being holy? That's the invitation that he offers to you and to me. That's the theme of all of these. How do I know? The pagan cultures that the Israelites met up with over and over and over again did not honor these standards. This was not normal. Not stealing, not murdering, not coveting, faithfulness in marriage, murder. These were things that these pagan cultures did. And of course, all the pagan gods were another temptation that they got into. Those were the things that drew God's people away. See, he said, I want you to look different. I want you to live different. And here's the standard I want you to live by. And his people, his people forgot what he'd done and who he was and rejected the standard that he set. They rejected the standard that he set and decided that they weren't going to live by his standards. But let's look at these Ten Commandments in a couple of different ways. First of all, I want you to see the overarching theme of Be Holy. It's, it permeates all ten of them. Secondly, I want you to see that the centerpiece of the Ten Commandments is number four. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. It's central because if you remember the Sabbath, right, that this is the day that God rested. This is the day that God instituted for rest, for us to lean into him, to acknowledge our limitations and to worship him. Then we won't have any other gods before him. We won't make a graven image and we won't take the name of the Lord God in vain. Do you see that? Remember will keep us from breaking the first three commandments. Keeping the Sabbath will guard us against breaking any of the other six commandments. Do you see that? It's beautiful. So remember the Sabbath and keep it holy is the centerpiece to the Ten Commandments. Another way to look at it is the first four have to do with our relationship with God and the last six have to do with our relationship with each other, with our neighbor. Powerful way to look at it. And a third way, as promised, is to look at the first one and the last one as bookends. So the first one is, have no other gods before me. And the last one is, do not covet. So rest in me as the only God and be content in me. Do you see it? Do you see it? Those are the bookends to the Ten Commandments. These are God's expectations. This is how he's calling, how he's inviting you and I to live as holy as his children. Your visual aid for this is a little stone. And I would like to encourage you because in the Old Testament, over and over, they would build monuments, right? Monuments of remembrance, stones with stones of remembrance. 
And what I'd like you to do about this is I'd like you to just take a Sharpie and write on this, what is the attribute of God that you desperately need to remember? What is it that you've been tempted to forget that you need to remember about God? What stone of remembrance do you need to build up? And then I want to encourage you to put it somewhere so that your children will ask about it. That's one of the things that they did in the Old Testament. They would make these monuments. And one of the things that God would say is he would say, I want you to build this monument to remember what happened right here, right now. And when your children ask you, I want you to tell them what happened right here. And that's what I want you to do. I want to ask you, are you living holy? Are you living worthy? Are you living differently? Or are you living just like the world? And if you dare, are you teaching these things diligently to your children? Ask your children. Challenge your children to live holy lives acceptable to the Lord Jesus. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged and we need accountability in the word. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life Podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.